What's up, everybody? This is Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres of the Hockey Podcast Network. Things are not going very well in Sabreland uh, this season or really for the past 10 years or so. However, we here at Straight Up Sabres are so excited to keep bringing you guys the latest Sabres news with everything ranging from interviews with some of your favorite Twitter follows all the way up to former players and everything in between. We have got you covered with your weekly coverage of the Buffalo Sabres. That's right. We got a lot coming up uh, through the rest of the season and into the offseason. Who's going to coach the team next year? Uh, is Kevin Adams going to have a new boss? Will he be a president of hockey operations? Will there be an assistant GM? Are they going to fill out their scouting staff? How many times will I cry next year? Maybe zero. I'm dead inside. Will Jack Eichel be here? Sam Reinhardt going to get extended? You know, all this and more on Straight Up Sabres. Exciting stuff. So make sure you're checking us out wherever you're listening to podcasts and following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. Big names are headlining this weekend's UFC 262 car. From Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler, there will be no shortage of action. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash? Just pick the main event fighter you think will win, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. This is a deal you cannot pass up. That's right. Bet $1 on select fighters, and if they win, you win $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's be honest, you have better odds of getting some money from this than you do betting on the Devils. Don't worry, if MMA isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. Again, probably don't pick the Devils. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! Woo! What is happening? 
Devils fans. It is your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news, topics, and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Today, folks, yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about the two games that the Devils played this past weekend or so against the New York Islanders. We also got some news about a couple Devils players and what they might be doing right after the season. And looks like they might be playing a little bit more hockey. And also, we're just going to pretty much just realize that this is this is the second to last episode of the regular season for the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Now, again, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, most likely, not sure yet, but most likely uh, within the next week or so, we will be going from two episodes a week to just one, considering that we will not be in the playoffs, unfortunately. But hopefully in the near future, that changes and we have a lot more to talk about but I promise you guys we are going to get a lot of guests on we have a lot of really good topics a couple really good ideas that have come up in my head that I really want to you know discuss with you guys and get your guys opinions and also I wanted to make this announcement on this episode and I'm going to make this announcement or multiple announcements about it over the next uh, 24 48 hours over the next couple of days I am going to be doing a giveaway that is correct. I am going to be doing my first, you know, personal giveaway. I've been doing a lot of giveaways that the rest of the Hockey Pod Network does, but this time it's going to be Devils exclusively. I have a puck, an autograph puck from Miles Wood that I'm going to be giving away to a lucky fan of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And once we get all the details on, on how we're going to do it, I will explain in greater details on the next episode, as well as also on social media, both on Twitter at Devil State, on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and also on the Facebook page as well. And if you follow me on any of my personal social media accounts, I will promote it on there as well. So make sure you guys get involved when that promotion comes out, when that giveaway comes out. It is a basically a fan appreciation and a thank you to all of you guys for all the support you've had in, through my first full season hosting the Devil's State of Mind podcast. It's been so much fun, and I'm looking forward to many more great, great moments with you guys, with the people that I talk to, and the, the podcast itself. I'm excited to see where it goes. But uh, we're not going to get too sentimental here. Uh, maybe that's for the next episode, which will be coming out on Thursday. By that time, the season will have been already a couple of days uh, over for us. But nonetheless, we have a bunch to get to today. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck so task numero uno on this edition of the devil's state of mind podcast we are going to be discussing the two games that the devils just played against the new york islanders the final two games against new york islanders this year but the reason why these are more i guess you would say more impactful than the previous six games that we played against the islanders is simply because it is the first time that the Devils will be facing Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac since the trade. Now, I haven't really been watching either one of them that closely since they got traded because I'm kind of in the 
attitude of, well, they're no longer on the team, so they really don't have any, I don't have any reason to watch them. But from what I've heard from Islander fans and from things that I've seen casually over time is that Kyle Palmieri is still somewhat taking a lot of time to get used to playing with the Islanders system, and he's been struggling of late. Travis Zajac has been a healthy scratch in a couple of games since he got traded. So, and I've actually, I had one Islander fan on Thursday actually comment on one of my posts on Twitter saying, you could have Paul Mary and Zajac back. They're both garbage. And I found that funny because look, they're not like the world's greatest players. Paul Mary is a tremendous goal scorer. He really can, you know, score when he gets it going. And certainly what we saw on Saturday proved that. And I think once the playoffs start, they're going to be way more valuable. Travis Zajac, you know, look, he, he's, he's up there, you know, he's in his late thirties and, you know, he's not the same player that he was even in four or five years ago. He's still a very good face-off guy. I just don't think that he's a guy that you want to have on your top six. But again, these guys are still trying to get used to the Barry Trot system. And I think once they get into the playoffs and start rolling, I think they'll be fine. I really do. That's just, I know that they'll eventually get going and they'll get implemented better. And look, they got familiar faces around them. I mean, Andy Green's on the team. And I know Corey Schneider's like the third goaltender, but he's on the team and he's he's with the team and traveling with them. So they have some familiarity with this and they have Lou Lemorello as the GM. So it's not like it's a complete, you know, new place, new type of situation. There is some familiarity with it. But that's besides the point. The main point is that this would be the first two times and pretty much the only two times this season that the Devils would be facing those two players since the trade. So this obviously was going to be an emotional two games for the Devils and certainly an emotional two games for Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak. Andy Green did not play in the first game because Barry Trotz is resting players here and there to get ready for the playoffs. He did play in the game on Saturday. So at least we got to play against all three of them at one point. Corey Schneider obviously did not play either of the two games. Although I think considering the situation, I would have loved to have seen him play against the Devils, but you know, it's, it just didn't happen. And who knows, maybe next year, if he continues to play, maybe we'll get an opportunity to see him uh, next year. Cause I think the Devils should do a tribute to him. I think that they will for Zajac and Palmieri at some point. Um, but we'll see. But the Devils were coming into this game also looking for just their second win all year against the Islanders. They've really been struggling. And especially the Islanders are massively tough when it comes to playing at home in the Nassau Coliseum. I mean, they are really tough. Going into this, they have only lost three times all year. So it just kind of shows you how good it is. Even, even with the fact that they've played most of the season without fans. Again, that's it's really remarkable. But early on in this game, the Islanders really came out with a handful of good chances to score, but Mackenzie Blackwood, who has really started to find his game again and really started to showcase the type of goaltender he can become and why we rate him so high in the organization, he stopped all those shots and really kept the Devils in this. But once we got through the first 10 minutes, the Devils woke up and they started to dominate themselves. They started dictating the pace, and eventually they would cash in as Jesper Bratt had a really good pass from the left corner um, to the right of Semyon Barlama behind the net, passed it out in front to Zaka. Even with the man standing right there in front of defenseman, Zaka takes a little bit of a one T slap shot, not a huge slap shot, but kind of like a slap shot slash wrister. But nonetheless, it squeaked past Barlama and into the back of the net to give the Devils 
the one nothing lead, the red-hot Pavel Zaka against scoring, getting his 16th goal of the year, which ties him now with Yegor Sharangovich for second on the team. And he is one away from tying Miles Wood for the team lead with that. And looking at Miles Wood, since he hasn't scored in a couple of games that he didn't play on Thursday, he would need a hat trick on Monday to get the 20 goals. So it looks like it may not happen, but you never know. Hockey's a magical, unpredictable sport. You never know what could happen. There's always the possibility that these things could happen. But most importantly here, the Devils grabbing the one nothing lead. And it was really a, a good goal because here's the thing. Like I mentioned before, the Devils were outplayed in that first 10 minutes. Islanders came out, wanted to dictate the pace, had a lot of really good chances. Devils were leaving guys wide open in the slot like they've been doing all year long. And that's something that really needs to be addressed during the offseason. Um, but Blackwood stood on his head like he's done many other times and kept the Devils in this in this period. I mean, they could have scored two or three times and put the game away in just the first 10 minutes of this game. And eventually the Devils got going and they got themselves that goal. And that was really important. And that's where it stood after the first 20 minutes. So through 20 minutes, one nothing, good start to the game. In the second period, both teams kind of traded some chances in the first few minutes. And eventually Anthony Beauvillier, who was basically, well, he is the hottest Islander on the team right now. Uh, and when you're hot, you get breaks like this. He was crashing to the net on a three on two. Uh, I believe it was Mayfield that he didn't really take a shot at more like he was trying to pass it in front to Beauvillier. It ended up getting off of the outer leg of Anthony Beauvillier and into the back of the net to tie the game at one. Obviously, that's not one of those where you really blame anybody. It's just an unlucky bounce and a lucky bounce if you're the Islanders, but an unlucky bounce if you're the Devils. But nonetheless, you know, it's it's still it's still a frustrating goal no matter what. I mean, you don't want to give up a goal, period. But, you know, it is the NHL and goals are going to happen. And these guys are skilled for a reason. But Bovillier, like I said, when you're hot, you're hot. And that's what happened with him. And he was able to get himself a goal and, and tie the game at one. And once the Islanders tied the game, they started to really go back to how they had played in the first 10 minutes of the first period. They started peppering Blackwood with shots again, and the Devils just were continuously getting outplayed. And at that, at this moment, at that moment, I felt like this is where the Islanders are going to eventually score, take the lead. And the worst thing that we could do is go into the third period down a goal because we know how tremendous defensively the Islanders are with the system that Barry Trotz in, in implements. Once they get a lead, it's very hard for them to really blow it, even if it's only two to one, because in most games you look at it down two to one, it's not a big deal, everything like that. But against the Islanders, you can't put yourself in that position because then it's going to be very difficult offensively to get a lot going. You're going to have to really make a lot of good changes. But fortunately for the Devils, that wasn't the case. Just like the... You know, just like how they responded after the first 10 minutes of the first, they responded after, you know, five, six minutes of giving up really good opportunities to the Islanders, and they started to create some chances, and they would eventually create a chance and make the most of it as Ryan Murray had the puck at the top left, just inside the blue line, passed it over to Damon Severson, who was playing more like a forward. He was on the far face-off circle and made a great pass to Michael McLeod, who snuck in from the other side, right into the slot, got a nice little pass, and he just kind of tipped it in or tapped it in, and he just squeezed past the left leg pad of Semyon Barlamov and into the back of the net, and the Devils 
regain the lead late in the period, making it two to one. And for Michael McLeod, he's just one goal away now from double digits after 30, 30, almost 40 games in the NHL without scoring a goal. He finally has been able to score, you know, starting this year. And he's one goal away from having a double digit goal season, even in a shortened year, which is phenomenal. And Michael McLeod has been one of those guys that I think he's really earned himself a chance to be, well, not a chance, a really good possibility to be protected in the expansion draft. I think he's made it really hard on this Devils team because I think when you go back to the beginning of the year and guys were talking about what players would be protected, what guys wouldn't, uh, I'm sure there are guys that we would put on there, we would have put on there before that maybe we wouldn't put on there now. And Michael McLeod is one of them because of the way he's been playing. And, you know, look, Motor Mike, Eminem, as I call him, whatever you want to call him, he has been one of the handful of brights of not bright spots, biggest surprises for this team. I don't think anybody expected Michael McLeod to have the year that he's been having so far this year, but it's really great to see. We know how high of a draft pick he was when he was drafted a couple of years ago, being in the first round. And do we does anybody think that he's now starting to live up to that type to that type of uh, position that he was drafted in? I don't necessarily say he's living up to that, you know, that expectation, but he's certainly evolving himself into a really solid NHL player and he's getting a lot of good opportunities and he's proving himself. And this is a good thing. And look, it was a great pass from Severson and a great finish by Michael McLeod. And I do hope the Devils are able to keep him because he's a really good energy guy. And he's a guy that we can have on our third line, even our fourth line. That's one of our, you know, our crash line, our own version of the crash line. Um, it would be great, but it was really great to see Michael McLeod score there. Most importantly, the Devils grabbed themselves the two to one lead going into the third period. And this was, this was only one of the, I guess you would say handful of times the Islanders went into the third trailing. It doesn't happen very often because that shows you again, how good their defense has been all year, but also the Islanders had been struggling of late in the last four or five games. They just come off losing two in a row to the Sabres where they had a lead and they eventually coughed it up and lost. So the Devils were kind of catching the Islanders in a good spot where the Devils were kind of on a high, the Islanders were not. And it kind of showed in this game for the most part. And then you go into the third and it was kind of quiet through the first 12, 13 minutes of that period. I mean, both teams had some good chances, but it wasn't really like back and forth. And then Palmieri had a good chance with about seven and a half minutes to go when he got the puck behind the net and tried to tuck it in near side. But Blackwood, keeping that leg pad down, keeping that stick down, made a really good save to deny Kyle Palmieri of a chance to score in his first game against his former team, shutting the door there. Now, the Islanders eventually had to pull the goaltender, and they had a couple really good shots. But again, Blackwood just remained strong in net and was able to hold on for the two-to-one victory and that that was just great it was another really great victory I mean and again look I totally get that and a lot of us want to see this team lose so that we get ourselves a better chance to get a higher pick in the draft but I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again I really could care less where we draft because I'm so tired of like picking this high in the draft year in and year out I want to start you know winning I want to start getting guys and winning games 
and competing for the playoffs, competing to win a Stanley Cup in the future. That's what I want. So nowadays, it doesn't excite me that much about us losing a game and saying, oh, we have a better chance to get a, a higher pick. Look, I've mentioned it before. We could finish with the fifth best odds and still get the number one overall pick. We could honestly win the rest of our games, which is only one at this point, and we would be fine. I mean, that, that's, you know, I think most of us should be happy no matter where, no matter what pick we get, because we're going to get a high pick. We're not going to fall that much, even if we fall. And so let, let's just look at it that way. And also, here's the other thing. Don't we want to win now? I mean, don't we want to, for what we've seen the last handful of years, isn't it more enjoyable when we win games, especially ones that we're not supposed to, like this one on Thursday? To me, that's what I think. That's my opinion on this whole situation, but everybody is entitled to their own opinion. But two really good things to note here. Uh, again, I had mentioned before, the Islanders had lost just three times prior to this game at home. This was just the fourth loss all season at the Nassau Coliseum. So that was great. And what was more exciting about it for me was thinking about, wow, if we somehow went on Saturday, we've won, what, three in a row. We've won back-to-back on the island. And I think we would have been the only team in the NHL, well, only team in the East Division, because we've only played the East Division, to have beaten the Islanders more than once at the Nassau Coliseum. That would have been great. That, that would have been a great thing. And with that win, that's two wins in a row. And the Devils have won five of their last six. So just recently over the last two weeks, as you can tell by the last couple of episodes, it's been more fun. It's been more exciting to talk about this team because they're finding ways to win games as opposed to finding ways to lose them. They're fighting, they're competing, and guys are stepping up. And you can see it on the ice. These guys are enjoying uh, winning these games and it's building good team morale and it's finishing the year on a high note like I had talked about before finishing the year with some confidence with some excitement and it's really great to see and that's what makes it fun so now let's shift to the game on Saturday again at the Nassau Coliseum against the Islanders Devils were looking for their third straight win it would have been the second three-game winning streak they've had in the past week or so which is obviously would have been phenomenal to get it we also got some good news on some players that have been out for a couple of games. Jonas Siegenthaler and Andreas Janssen both returned to the lineup. And Lindy Ruff also pretty much said, without really saying it, but he pretty much made it clear that P.K. Subban was done for the year. So I don't really know if that's going to be, because I don't even remember actually the last time we saw P.K. Subban, but whatever game it was, uh, it may very well be the last time that we see P.K. Subban as a devil. And, I will just say this, and, you know, again, if he gets picked up in the expansion draft, we'll talk about it uh, when that time comes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when P.K. Subban got here, there were such high expectations. I mean, you know, former, former Norris Trophy winning defenseman, uh, considered to be a superstar in the league. And, I mean, there was a reason why Nashville was so keen on moving him. I mean, they wanted to give the money to Matthew Shane, and that didn't really work out, did it? Um, but nonetheless, they, they are making the playoffs and so is John Hines. So that's, that's lovely. But PK Subban came here. He has a great personality. Um, you know, he just makes everybody laugh and smile and it's wonderful. But unfortunately, when it comes to on ice production, he just is not the same player that he once was. Now, do I think this year has been better than last year? 100%. I think he's been a lot better. I think he's done a lot better things. And he and Miles Wood in particular have done a good job of kind of growing into leaders, so to speak, more veteran voices, even though, I mean, 
Wood isn't that old. And I mean, PK, you know, he's kind of forced into it considering he's one of the older players on the team at this point, considering all the moves that we've made over the last year or so. So, I mean, would I be okay with him coming back for the final year of his contract? Yeah, I'd be fine with it. I think honestly, that's probably going to end up being the case. I think that, you know, Tom Fitzgerald wants to have some veterans and he looks at it and says, well, you know, I should probably protect some of them or all of them, depending on what he wants to do and go from there. So it'll, you know, so I think that that's going to end up being the situation. Um, but again, if it is the last time we see Piquet Subban, I'm really sorry that it didn't work out in New Jersey. Um, you know, he'll always, you know, I'll, I'll always remember all the, like the great memories he had when it comes to like just his personality and things of post, you know, and we get a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, not just with him in New Jersey, but also with the, with the rest of the team. And I think that's kind of been a great thing for Devils fans to see, but again, you got to perform on the ice and PK Subban has not really been able to live up to the expectations that he had, but if he does come back for another year, at least then we know what the expectations are. We can look at it and say, he's not the same player that he once was, but maybe he can help out in different, in different, you know, parts of the game and we could go from there. And again, it's the last year of his contract. So, you know, it's not a big deal. And maybe we keep him after that. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, Co Lindy Ruff said that pretty much PK Subban is done for the year. So that's kind of a bummer, but it's part of the game. But let's shift to the game itself, shall we? So we'll start in the first period, like we always do. And look, I'm going to be very honest with you guys. The Devils came out and everything right that they did in the game on Thursday, they did wrong. Even in the first 10 minutes of this period, they iced the puck maybe seven, eight, almost nine times because the Islanders came out and they doubled the intensity that they had in the first period of the game on Thursday. They really came out. Kyle Palmieri in particular had a couple of really great A opportunities to score. And again, Blackwood just would not allow them to score. And it was one of those things where it's going, okay, something's going to break here. Either Blackwood's just really just not going to give up a goal and we're going to find a way to win this game or the Islanders are going to be able to break through and it's just going to all kind of not fall apart, but, you know, the, the dam's going to break and then they're going to start flooding with goals. I mean, it was going to happen one way or another. But again, like I mentioned, just way too many icings, way too many situations where you're putting so much pressure on Blackwood to just keep you in it. And that's where you look at it and say, eventually that's going to hurt you. You can have games where the goaltender you just he just bails you out the whole game and you win but more more i would say 9 times out of 10 it's not going to it's not going to happen that way and eventually the islanders would get rewarded for the dominance that they had, that they had put in that period when jordan Eberle separated himself on a dump off from Matt Barzelli, came from left to right just dropped it off to Eberly, he got both defenders out of position had a wide open chance went top shelf over blackwood's right shoulder off the post and in, and the Islanders grabbed the important one nothing lead. And, and again, we all knew that was coming. So it wasn't one of those things where you say, ah, uh, you know, we've been dominating and they got a lucky break. No, it was, it was the opposite. They were dominating and eventually they got rewarded. And it was a late goal in the last two minutes or so. And I've said before, giving up a goal with two minutes or fewer to go in the period is tough to give up because it gives the other team some momentum going into the next 20 minutes, unless you're able to tie the game. 
And the Devils almost tied the game with about 50 seconds left when Miles Wood got a partial breakaway and he got a good shot off. Sorokin made the save, had the rebound on his backhand where it looked like to me he was just going to knock it in and score. But Sorokin made another good save after that and denied Wood both times. And the Devils were not able to score. And the score remained one nothing after the first 20 minutes. So when you look at it after 20 minutes, you say, okay, Let's forget about that period. We're only down one nothing. Let's get back to the way we were playing before and go from there. And the Devils had a good response after giving up the first goal, and it translated into the second. Like, after they gave up that first goal, they started to play well in the last, you know, minute and a half there. And then even in the first couple of minutes of the second, they had some really good chances. But they, could, they couldn't score up until exactly five minutes into the second period when Matt Tennyson took a shot from a tough angle. It was saved by Sorokin. He got the puck right back, went around the net, and passed it right out in front to, of all people, Andreas Janssen, who knocked it in to score and tie the game at one. And for Andreas Janssen, that's just his fifth goal of the year and his first since April 20th. So it's been a little less than a month since the last time Andreas Janssen scored a goal. And we know that Janssen's been out with an injury. Uh, after he got hit against the boards uh, against the Bruins a couple of games ago. So, but again, it's been again, just like Subban, Yatsen has been a pretty big disappointment considering what he had done scoring 20 goals last year and really doing well. But again, he was playing with the likes of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander and all the, and John Tavares and all those guys in Toronto. And do I think it's fair to say that he was just a product of the team he was playing with? I think that's fair to say, considering that there's a lot of other young players on this team with less NHL experience that have done a lot more and have been way better than Andreas Janssen. I'm curious to know if he's going to be protected in the expansion draft. I'm curious to know what Tom Fitzgerald wants to do with that. But we'll see. I'm willing to give him another opportunity if he comes back and he plays. I, I'd like to give him another opportunity. I mean, again, we didn't give up a boatload. We... we we acquired him in one of those situations where we were able to take advantage of a team who was struggling with cap. You know, we traded Joey Anderson for Andreas Janssen one for one, and that was it. So we didn't really give up a lot. So, you know, it, it sucks that Mango hasn't been playing all that well, but maybe it's just because of, you know, new team, uh, new coaching staff, COVID like everybody else. Maybe if we give him another chance, maybe he'll produce better. I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. What happens over the next couple of months once the season is over? But nonetheless, Devils tie the game up at one, and, and you feel good because you're like, okay, now we're going to start to take over a little bit. And we tied the game, and we're rolling. But once the Devils tied it, the Islanders just made it a point that they were just not going to allow the Devils to take over like they did in the first game. And it started with about six minutes after the Janssen goal. Islanders were on the power play. Uh, I believe it was – I want to say it was – Pulak that took a shot or one of the defensemen took a shot from the far left side that was originally saved by Blackwood, but Brock Nelson, good positioning, got the rebound and knocked it in and the Islanders regained the lead, making it two to one. And then with three and then about three and a half minutes later, Brock Nelson scored again on another rebound after Anthony Bovillier came down the left wing, took a shot, kind of popped up in the air. And then Josh Bailey kind of knocked it down, had a somewhat semi shot himself and Brock Nelson on the far right side had the puck, easy tap in, and he scores again to get his second goal of the game. And the Islanders double their lead to three to one. 
And that's where it stood after the second period. So it was kind of a backbreaking situation, you know, to give up two goals relatively somewhat late in the second period. And it was about, okay, how are the Devils going to respond? Are they just going to back off and, and they're just going to, you know, pack it in basically, or are they going to try to fight? And again, the Devils for the first couple of minutes seemed to get something going. And I felt pretty confident that they were going to score a goal early in the period to cut the deficit to one. But then the Islanders eventually got a really good opportunity, a good high dump in where Kyle Palmieri was streaking down the middle of the ice. He got a really nice pass and he went from his forehand to his backhand and scored. And then he crashed into Mackenzie Blackwood. And again, I was talking to Kim Moisa, Isles Girl 3 on Twitter. A lot of you Islanders fans know her very well. A lot of you hockey fans know her very well. She was talking to me after the game and she was saying how Kyle Palmieri really wanted it tonight. He really wanted to do something. And I said, look, here's the thing. I personally believe that there's that there it was partially that Palmieri didn't really want to be with the Devils anymore because of the constant rebuilding and everything like that. I also think he wanted to score against his former team. Everybody wants to do that um, and, and showcase, you know, what they're missing. And Palmieri in this game in particular really showed up. He had a couple of really good chances through 40 minutes and eventually he got rewarded. Now, I know that everybody that some people said that was goalie interference, but here's the thing. Palmieri already scored the goal before he crashed into Blackwood. So it wasn't goalie interference. It was just a nice goal. I give Palmieri props for checking on Blackwood after he crashed into him. I mean, obviously they were teammates for several years and, you know, he just wanted to make sure he wasn't hurt or anything. Blackwood was slow to get up, but it seemed like he was okay. But I think he was kind of rattled by that. Maybe he wasn't fully with it. Um, because 40 seconds later, the Devils gave up a two-on-one with Matt Barzell, and you don't want to do that. And Matt Barzell went top shelf over Blackwood's glove side and made it five to one. And that was, I mean, it was already over, but that was just kind of like the final nail in the coffin. Um, and as a result, the Devils would drop this one five to one. So a really good response from the Islanders, a really, for the, for the most part, it was a bad game by the Devils, but we, we've had a lot of bad games like this this year. And look, we're at the end of the year. We got one game to go now, Monday in Philadelphia. And then that's it. And then we don't see these guys play again until, well, as a team, uh, until October. And hopefully we'll have a full 82-game season um, next year. I mean, we're all really counting on it. We all are really hoping for it. And, and again, we're all hoping that Devils ownership slash management really actually tries to go out and really improve this team with some impact players because we, we really need it. We really, really need it. But again, Devils dropped this one, five to one, and got one more game to go. And then that's the end of the, a season like no other. It's been a, been a long, even though it's only been since January, it's been a long year, been up and down, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot more downs than ups. But, uh, you know, with the young team that we have and trying to be optimistic, hopefully we can really um, – can really improve the team and really start to put this team in the right position to become an eventual uh, playoff contender. And then even more event eventually down the road, a Stanley cup contender once again. Now, the last thing I wanted to quickly mention a um, little bit of a cool thing to, to mention uh, Nico Heischer and Jonas Siegenthaler have both been named to team Switzerland pre-worlds training camp. Now the world not the World Juniors, because we already had that, but the uh, IIHF 
uh, world championships, which a lot of the time it's usually, you know, NHL players who are playing, you know, play overseas, you know, wherever the world championships is, it's just another way to play some more hockey. Uh, you're playing for your country, which is obviously always an important thing. And it's, it's kind of a good thing. Um, and we're probably going to hear more devils making some of these teams, guys like Jack Hughes and, and Ty Smith and other guys like that, uh, down the road. Um, you know, with us, a lot of our players are going to get a better opportunity because we're going to be one of the teams that's not making the playoffs this year. So we're going to have a, we're, a lot of these guys are going to get a, probably the first dibs on becoming part of these teams. Uh, I'm sure Nico and Jonas Siegenthal are not going to be the only ones. It'll be interesting to see what the Devils do with Siegenthal or if they'll protect him at the, at the expansion draft or not. If they bring him back, we don't know, but like I mentioned, we'll, we'll probably hear more Devils playing in the World Championships in the coming weeks. Uh, it starts on May 21st, so that's a Friday. So actually a little less than two weeks away from that. Um, so for all of us Devils fans, uh, if we can find some good streams and everything, we'll definitely have an opportunity to see some of our players play some more hockey this year, uh, which is good. Hopefully they can all stay healthy, and hopefully they can, you know, you know, try to finish try to finish their time playing hockey and in 2020-21, you know, with some with some goods. And, and hopefully one of, if not a couple, if we can, um, hopefully some of our players win a, win a medal or so um, at the World Championships. It'll be fun to see. The entire World Championships will be played in Riga, Latvia. So that'll be fun to say. Um, I know uh, my guy Jersey Joe will, uh, will definitely be watching. He's my go-to guy when it comes to uh, prospects and things like that. We've been talking um, a bunch over the last couple of weeks about things that could happen in the offseason. We're probably going to have him on uh, for an episode or two down the road when we do some offseason stuff. But again, like I mentioned, guys, we have a lot of really exciting things to talk about and exciting ideas for podcast episodes that I'm going to be sharing with you guys throughout the offseason. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll talk more about that in the next episode, which will be our final regular season episode and kind of like a season recap, so to speak, of the year. But, you know, hey, look, it's going to be fun to see some of these guys be playing overseas and hopefully they can represent the New Jersey Devils very well and, and continue to produce like they've been doing. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, where, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, 
N-E-T-Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, Nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know, anything we could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books, are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day. You know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!